our prayer time tonight. Our list is long and lots going on, but we're thankful that I have a God who is as close as the mention of His name. Regardless of my situation, His situation never changes. And as long as we keep Him as our constant, Him as our plumb line, Him as our our guide, then all this other mess is going to work out. You know? Um, we need to continue to remember Dean, uh, Thrift, Steve Willis, and Truett. Um, I believe all these fellows are home, and they're doing pretty good and minding well. Truett's still having some blood pressure issues, so continue to remember him as you pray. And, and Miss Edna, and I'm sure all of the Bog sisters are taking real good care of him and bringing plenty of food. But if you hear they need anything, let me know. And um, we'll take care of that. But can pray, continue to pray for them. Uh, Miss Kay Chastain still having some back problems, uh, moving slow and, and going through some doctors and that kind of thing, as well as Miss Sheila. So y'all pray for them uh, tonight as you pray. Um, any others to pray for tonight? Randy Blackwell's having surgery. All right. That's Wednesday as well. All right. Any others? Any others? Mm -hmm. Mm. Remember that family in your prayers. Remember the Marsingill family? Michelle and I participated in their uh, memorial service yesterday for Miss Lynn who passed away from a long battle with cancer. So it's a terrible disease, but it hits us all, I'm afraid. And as always, remember uh, Kenny and Lynn in our prayers. I told them this morning, uh, those blogs wear me out. They wear me out. Uh, everything from cowpeas to uh, building shelves to going two hours to the bush to preach and, and work in that group. Uh, they're, they're on the road all the time. So y'all just pray for them and, and pray for their safety and, and just God working in that situation. Let's pray. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight, Lord, just thanking you for an opportunity, Lord, to come together with our brothers and sisters, our family in Christ. Lord, not only to just meet and greet together, Lord, but to worship the Holy God. We thank you for that. We know there are many in our world tonight who would give all they had to do what we're doing right now with freedom, with peace, no fear, good, healthy bodies. Lord, just bless them tonight in a special way. Lord, our list is long. We've got some who are just recovering from surgery. Lord, we thank you for that, and thank you they're doing well, and I pray, God, for continued blessings on them. Pray for Truett's blood pressure. God, we know you're in charge of blood pressure as well. We ask that you just put a healing on that. We pray for the families that wait upon the sick. God, those are the, sometimes the uh, thankless jobs. But they're the hardest, and we just pray for them tonight, Lord. There's many going uh, cancer treatments and, and in the hospital recovering and, and hospice house. And, and just it goes on and on and on and on. But, Lord, we know that you are the great physician, and we trust you. We put these in your hand. We know that your perfect will will be done. And, Lord, that's our desire as well. And, Lord, sometimes that's hard to pray. Because your will may not be what I want. But Lord, I know your perfect will is the best. 
And I pray for that tonight, God. Lord, I'm so thankful that you are as close as the mention of your name in this world where turmoil seems so prevalent and and evil is so on the news every night and things are going so terribly sometimes. We get caught up in that and we forget that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the center of my joy. And Lord, as long as I have you, as long as you're driving this ship, let the storms come. Let the waves crash. Because, Lord, you are in charge. And we trust you. Lord, I trust you with my salvation. I trust you with my life. Lord, I pray that we would all have that same assurance and confidence tonight. Pray that Satan would be kept at bay. Keep your hedge of protection around us, Lord. And, and to continue to remember... And bless our pastor and his wife. Lord, what good work they're doing over there, Lord. But we know it's not their doings. It's all you through them. And we thank you for their willingness, for their their joy they have. We just pray for them. And we pray for great harvest and great things to come through these short four months. We love you and we praise you for all that you do for us. In thy name we pray. Amen. All right. Two weeks ago, we started in Jeremiah, and we're going to continue that tonight. If you have your map, we're going to use that in a little while. Um, But we're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1, and let's stand and read the first five verses together, all right? First five verses. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, the king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It also came in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you, and I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for Jeremiah and his his uh, message, his willingness, the call on his life, and how much we learn from this man. God, we just pray you take our your word and use it to build our lives. In thy name we pray. Amen. Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, the priest who are with Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah. We talked about Josiah two weeks ago, and we, we kind of spent most of our time talking about him and his reign. He came to reign when he was eight years old, and he lasted for many years. But the trouble with Josiah and his reign was he had he was after a couple of really bad kings, his father, his grandfather, long reigns. They um, 
just whatever felt good, they did it. No uh, tore down. The temple was in ruins. They offered sacrifices in the holy house of God to all of these idols. And, and we talked about that. Um, but then they found, they did a remodel of the temple. And Josiah, um, they found the scroll and read the scroll. And, and everything was changing for the better. And, and But Josiah was a good king. So it kind of shows where we are in this picture. So in the 12th reign of um, the 13th year of reign, Josiah comes on the scene. I mean, Jeremiah, I'm sorry. Jeremiah comes on the scene. Um, it was in the 18th year of his reign that the temple project started to where they started building the temple and rebuilding that and cleaning up that mess. So we're right there before that, but right now um, God has spoken to Josiah and he has called Jeremiah. So right now these two J names are together serving God and working together. But look at verse um, 5, I mean 3, excuse me, verse 3. It also came in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, and the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. All these names, all these places, all these dates. But what I want you to get is that last, the last phrase in verse chapter three, verse three, excuse me, verse three, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. What that means is you have the end of the story right here in the first few verses. This whole book, these, this whole 40-year ministry is going to be Jeremiah preaching the death sentence of Judah. They're going to be taken over. The kingdom of Judah is going to fall. And this is right before the end of the Old Testament where that 400 years is quiet. There's nothing until... Matthew and, and Mark and Luke and John start with John the Baptist and prepare you the way of the Lord. So that's that's 400 years later. So we're, we're coming to the end. And verse 3 kind of gives you what's happening. The exile of Jerusalem. They capture them. They take them off as captives. So it's what's going to happen. So we know what's going to happen. However, however, as we read through this, and Jeremiah serves God through this, we got a lot to learn. So let's keep on going. Keep on going. Um, do you think it would be difficult to know if God called you to a ministry, you're called to do anything, do you think it would be difficult to know I'm working at a lost cause? The job that God's called me to do is a lost cause. Do you think that would be difficult? Which is why I think that God, God didn't share all that with Jeremiah right here. Um, he kind of didn't open up that because some people say, I wish I knew what tomorrow held. I really don't think you do. I really don't think you do because um, then you'd worry about tomorrow. And what does Scripture say? You have enough worries for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. And I think that's what Jeremiah um, here, he, he is just being called of God. God's going to use him in a great and mighty way, and we're going to get into that in future weeks. But what I want you to do is just think about that as we go through this. It's a lost cause. These people are going to go down. But I want you to remember this. And as you study God's word and you come across it too, God does everything he can. God does everything he can to snatch people out of hell. When you go to hell, if someone has to go to hell, God has, they literally have to trip over 
the broken body of Jesus Christ to get there. You know, God has done everything he can do. Even in the Old Testament, even in the Old Testament, God sends prophets, tells them how to get right with God, and even then, God is doing everything. Even though the death knell, the bell is ringing, the death knell there, um, he's still sending the word out, hoping that somebody else, somebody else would turn. Because remember, there is a remnant. There's always going to be that remnant because God's people are going to, they're going to last. They're going to last. But the nation as a whole, it's crumbling. It's crumbling. And, and we look over to the New Testament when Jesus is born. These 400, 500 years are going to pass. And they're still Jews. Remember, they come to the city of David and, and all of that. So it, it's they're still a remnant. And God's bringing as many people from that remnant as he can. But as you read through this and as we talk about that, remember that. God does everything he can, and even calling prophets to preach to people who are fixing to be overwhelmed, fixing to be plowed under, he does everything he can, and still doing that today, and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful um, he does that. It's called mercy. Mercy, that's it. He doesn't have to do anything else. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and if he does nothing else, that's more than enough. That's more than we deserve. That's more than we deserve. And anything else is just gravy. Anything else is just gravy. It's called grace and mercy. Mercy. Um, verse 4 and 5. Verse 4 and 5. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you, and I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. If there's no other scripture in the Old Testament but that verse 5, that'll carry you a long, long way. Before I formed you. Think about that. Before God formed Jeremiah out of that clay, before he was ever thought of, when time began, God was planning this. Before time began, God was planning this tonight. Before time began, God was planning you. Before you were born, He knew you. Before you were even conceived, He had a plan. He had a plan. Before you were born, I consecrated you, and I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Look over to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Verse 20 and 21. Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9, verse 20 and 21. Along that same line of God God forming us and God knew, knowing us before we were ever born. Romans chapter 9, verse 20 and 21. Thank you, son, but you can be seated. That's my son. My son. Verse. Amen. Amen. Uh, verse 20. On the contrary, who are you, O man, who answers back to God? In other words, who are you? To, how dare you say anything back to God? Because he's God. This thing I molded, will I not say to the molder, why did you make me like this? Will it? Verse 21. 
Or does not the potter have a right over the clay to make from the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for common use? We went to Gatlinburg a few weeks ago in uh, Pigeon Forge. Pigeon Forge. If you go back there behind the river, they got that pottery shop. Y'all ever been in that pottery shop? And they got um, many high-priced things. But as you go back through... Towards the back, they got the pottery wheel, and you can sit there and watch them, and they'll they'll make the the pottery for you. And just a fascinating process. And the, we're going to get to the the vision of the potter's wheel is in Jeremiah. And we're going to do that in a few weeks. But um, out of that same clay, they made bowls, they made cups, they made uh, toothbrush holders. They had, I mean, you name it. It was all. Out of that same clay, and it makes me think of this. Does not the potter have the right over the clay to make from the same lump one vessel for honorable use and one vessel for common use? Some vessels were made for special purposes. Some vessels were made for special purposes. Jeremiah was made for a special purpose before he was ever born, before he was ever conceived, before he was ever his mom and daddy ever thought of him. God made him. God thought of him and said, I'm going to make Jeremiah a prophet to the nation, a special purpose. Then he's got some people who he makes for common purposes, right? Um, You and me, you know, we're not prophets over nations, but yet we're serving our purpose here on earth. And, And what I want you to understand about that is, and what Romans, I think, is saying is he uses this, some for special purposes and some for common purposes, but don't lose the fact that they're all both for a purpose. Right? It's for a purpose. And the special purpose is no more special, is no more their purpose isn't greater than your purpose or my purpose. I heard Billy Graham interviewed on TV, and you know, I think Billy Graham's just, you know, how we wish we could be like Billy Graham, you know, give all he's done and, and go everywhere. But um, at, the end of the, at the end of the interview, they said, what do you wish, you know, what if you had one thing to do over? He said, I wish I could do more. I wish I could do more. And that should be our purpose. How much more can we do? What, what else can we do to um, further the kingdom, to further the gospel? And that's what, just think of Jeremiah here and just think of that in your life this week. The call of God. The call of God. That God has called you. God's called you. He's made you for a purpose, whether it be a special purpose, a common purpose. It doesn't matter. It's a purpose, and we're to do that purpose, right? Right. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more with the potter and the clay um, thing in a few weeks. But um, look at verse six. Look at verse six. Then I said, this is Jeremiah talking. And I love it when the, the writer of the book talks about himself in the first person because he really he really is saying this. He's, he's thinking back, saying, this is what happened. This is what I've done. He said, um, verse 6, Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and all that I command you, you shall speak. Um, remember when I read, um, verse six, 
it makes me think back to Moses on Mount Sinai. I remember the burning bush and Moses and what did Moses say? The first thing Moses said, Lord, I can't talk so good. I stutter. You know, surely you must be thinking of somebody else, my brother Aaron or whatever. Um, Moses spent 40 years being a child of Pharaoh. Then he spent 40 years in the desert tending sheep. And then he spent 40 years leading the children out of Egypt. Um, and, and established them and bring, taking them to Canaan. So those 40 year periods, it took him 40 years to be a child of Pharaoh, but it took him 40 years to get over himself. Right? Because uh, remember what happened at the end of his first 40 years. He said, God's going to use me to lead the children out and it's going to be by military. I'm going to kill this guy. And he did. He, he, he used force. God said, no, that's not how I'm going to do it. So it took him 40 years to figure that out for Moses to get right. So his last 40 years made a difference. And that made me think of that when I read Jeremiah. Jeremiah starts, I'm young. Surely there's somebody older, more experienced that can do this. Uh, you must be thinking of somebody else. And God said, uh, do not say I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Um Verse uh, 8, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up, to break down, to destroy, and to overflow, to build, and to plant. Um, God's telling Jeremiah, Don't worry about what you're going to say. I'm going to tell you what to say. Don't worry about where you're going to go. I'm going to tell you where to go. It's only, um, we don't go and do God's will with our own agendas, with our own words, with our own ideas. When we do, we make a mess of God's plans, right? The Bible is full of people who made messes of God's plans. Um, my Christmas card list is full of people who've messed up God's plans. My house, my family, my friends. It, it happens. We think, I know better than God. This is, no, follow Jeremiah's lead here. God says, I'm going to tell you what to say. I'm going to tell you where to go. And it's going to be all right. And you know, Jeremiah ends up in jail. He ends up almost getting killed. He ends up uh, serving all these wicked kings. But in the end, he can come back to this and say, you know, God, I did exactly what you told me to do. I did exactly what you told me to do. And as they were leading them away into captivity, Jeremiah had the peace in his heart knowing I've done all I'm supposed to do. And isn't that what we need to do at the end of the day? To follow God, to do what we're supposed to do, and to accept what his call is on our life. And Jeremiah is a faithful servant in that. Um, verse 11. Verse 11. Jeremiah had a vision. God gave Jeremiah a vision so he could see and kind of get a, a visual as to what he was supposed to do. The word of the Lord came to me saying, What do you see, Jeremiah? And I, and I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. And the Lord said to me, You've seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. So the first vision he sees is an almond tree. The almond tree is the first tree to bloom in spring. It's the first thing... Um, it's kind of like going down the road in the cold of winter and all of a sudden you see a John Quill sticking up on the side of the road. Y'all ever done that and went, 
spring's here. You know, it kind of catches you by surprise because the weather's cold outside, but it's time. You know, spring's coming. That's what the almond tree is to that area of the world. Um, and not just a jonquil here and there. The almond tree, if you've ever seen one, they bloom from the bottom of that stem all the way to the end, just as tight pink bloom. So it's just like a big pink popcorn tree looking thing. I mean, very visual, very much a, a beautiful thing. But when you see that, you know spring's coming. Spring's coming. Something's fixing to happen. And that's what he's telling Jeremiah. He says, you see this. You see the vision of the almond tree. And when you see that, when you see these blooms, um, it's letting you know something's coming. Well, Jeremiah, something's coming. Something's coming. And then look at the next part. Verse 13. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, What do you see? And I see a boiling pot, a boiling pot facing away from the north. Um, then the Lord said to me, Out of the north, the evil will break forth on all inhabitants of the land. So if you'll get your map out, you got your map, it kind of, um, we talked last week, Judah's in the middle of my map. Judah's in the middle. These enemies are coming down from the north. These enemies are coming down from the north, and that's what they're going to take. Um, you see up there Israel and Phoenicia and all of this, but they're coming down and they're going to take over Judah. And God's telling him the boiling pot. I brought my pot. I brought it because I like the handle. It squeaks. But um, this is not a new pot. Somebody gave it to me and it's cracked. And it it does hold water because it held water last night when the storm came through. But um, I'm probably going to put a flower pot or something in it. I don't know. But I thought this would be a great um, visual for this boiling pot thing, especially with my squeaky handle. So if you just imagine the boiling pot tipping over, almost ready to spill out with boiling water. Um, Rodney Cobb knows these people that I'm fixing to talk about. Um, my great aunt and my grandpa's family are Blackwells from Holly Springs community. And they, um, every year in the hottest part of summer, the hottest part of summer, and every year we do green beans, I tell Missy this story, we go, we would go up there, the hottest part of summer, and they would have green beans. I mean, it was as far and big and piles, and, and the kids, we just had, our job was to string green beans, and it was hot. There wasn't an air conditioner within 10 miles of that place, and it was hot, just hot, hot. So, did you get the point? It's hot, like it is in here. It's hot. Um, so, but in, instead of doing all of this in the house and making it hotter, they would, they had a big black witch's cauldron, I call it, the big black pot. And that thing was in the yard. And they put firewood under that and they made the biggest fire you've ever seen in the hottest part of the summer. And it was so hot. But they put all these green beans in this pot, and they canned them. And, I mean, they it wasn't like we put up like 24 quarts or whatever this year. No, it was like hundreds of quarts because everybody came, everybody pitched in, everybody took some home. So it was like one big cannery up there. But hot. Did I mention hot? <laughs> but these pot, this pot sat in the yard and they worked in that heat all day long, and it sometimes lasted a day because one day you'd do the green beans, the next day you'd finish it up. But it was 
Um, it makes me think of this, and that was some hot water in that pot. It was boiling. It was it literally boiled. They had that fire under that pot so hot that it, it literally boiled. And that's exactly what um, God's given him a picture of. Fortunately, the, my story doesn't end with, and somebody fell in it. No, it never. They, we didn't because it was hot. I stayed away from it. Fortunately, hopefully you got a breeze, but it didn't happen much. Um, but the boiling pot facing, and, and it was fixing to turn over. It was away from the north, headed toward the south. Did you get that? It was headed toward the south. They're in the south. So this boiling pot's fixing to turn over onto them, and that's their end. That's their doom. So God's given him this this vision of um, of their demise, you know. But He's saying, but you're going to be faithful. You're going to be faithful. You're going to do what I tell you, and it's going to be all right. Um, look at verse 15. Behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, declared the Lord, and they will come and they will set each one his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem and against its walls and round about all the cities of Judah, and I will pronounce my judgments on them concerning all their wickedness, whereby they have forsaken me and have offered sacrifices to other gods and worshipped the works of their own hands." That's pretty heavy stuff. You know, he's, he's, he's saying, I'm going to judge. And my judgment is final and my judgment is fair. And, and they've disobeyed, so I've got my judgment. Verse 17, now gird up your loins and arise. God said to Jeremiah, and speak to them all that which I've commanded you. Don't be dismayed before them or I will be, or I will dismay you before them. Now behold, I've made you today a fortified city and as a pillar of iron and as walls of bronze against the whole land to the kings of Judah and to its princes and to its priests and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Notice verse 17 says, gird up your loins, but verse 18 Behold, I've made you today a fortified city as a pillar of iron, as walls of bronze around the whole land. Notice he, he's saying, I'm protecting you. I'm protecting you. Whatever you go and tell them that I've sent you to do, I'm protecting you. But notice who it's against. To the kings of Judah, to his princes and priests and the people of the land. His home people. This wasn't enemies. This was the people of Judah. I'm protecting you against the people you're going to be preaching to. Because they're not going to like it. They're not going to like it one bit. Have you, uh, you read on the news all this stuff about, um, you know, Chick-fil-A will say something. It's all over the news. How dare they? You know, they don't like the message of the gospel. They don't like it. It makes them mad. Same thing happened, you know, almost 3,000 years ago. People haven't changed. They still don't like it. They didn't like it then. They don't like it now. But what did God say? He said, I've established you as a fortified city. Whatever they do to you, they can't do to you unless I will it. I'm protecting you. I've got your back, is what God's telling him. Verse 19, they will fight against you. God gives him that promise. They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. So here Jeremiah is. He's got his marching orders. He says, I knew you. I knew you. The call of God was on your life before you were ever thought of. Here's the message you're going to take. 
And they're going to get mad. They're not going to like it. The end is coming. But you be faithful. You do what you're supposed to do. I'm with you. I'm with you. And that message goes for you and for me. We're no different. We're no different. We're called with our purpose. We've got something to do. Do it. I don't know what my purpose is. Get on your knees and find out. God did not make you to sit on a pew. He didn't make me to sit on a pew. We got a purpose and we got to find it. We got to find it. Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight, Lord, thinking of Jeremiah and all that he's, that you've taught us through him. I pray, God, that as we take this to heart, as we listen to what you have to say through this great man, how you used him in a great and mighty way, Lord, we will apply that to our lives. Lord, it's hard for us sitting in our air-conditioned church and, and, and on our pews of pads and our padded pews and, and just think about how sometimes the gospel is offensive to people. Lord, that gospel is what saved my life. That gospel is what gives us peace and comfort in, in days of, of toil and tribulation. That gospel is what we can rest in when all else fails. But yet, Lord, those who haven't heard, those who don't want to hear, those who rail against it, Lord, those people don't want to hear it, Lord. I pray tonight you'd use us to reach them. What a sweet, sweet aroma the gospel is to us, Lord. How precious are the, um, how beautiful are the feet. Lord, may we have beautiful feet as we go and tell your good news. Lord, as we sing this song, Lord, truly speak to our hearts. In thy name we pray. Amen. All right, take your hymn book tonight. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus.